First of all, we appreciate you coming on the show. You know, you've been our guy for a long time. We had a Cookies. lot of battles <laughs> against you and a lot of buckets getting from you. So uh, we appreciate you, bro. Coming nah, on thank the show you guys for having really. me, man. Congrats on everything you guys are doing. When you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? When you first oh, got shit. the opportunity to play? Damn. Uh, Lindsey Hunter, bro. Lindsey Hunter. Lindsey Hunter used to get a bucket, Fast boy. as hell, boy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think I was going to say Lindsey Hunter. Uh, Trust no, me, so I always just throw up. We heard some of the craziest ones. You hear some killers, but then you hear you hear them regulars too. Like, uh, like Kyle Kyrie. Leonard was my first. Kyrie <laughs> told it was, it was Jose Calderon. Calderon. <laughs> he said every time he seen him, he was trying to kill him. Yeah, you know, yep. it just be the ones that get There's you. some players that you know, and to me, it was difficult to guard Steve Nash because <laughs> Steve might end up with the night with 12 points, but he had freaking 22 assists. <laughs> so he had total control of the game. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So. It's those type of players where you're like, nah, he didn't have 34, he didn't have 40 on me, but he did all the things, you know? Mm -hmm. And all these pick and rolls and handoffs and yeah. transition and screen. Oh, man. You know, it was tough to guard Steve. Yo, 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 we live on location. Me and the blackest one had to come on down to Miami. We had to come down to South Beach to see our player partner from Puerto Rico. We got Fajardo's finest in the building, the pride of Puerto Rico, Carlos Arroyo in the building, AKA Cookie. Let's get it. <laughs> Presented by Sleeper. I know I'm gonna mess up this name, but uh, <laughs> Fajardo. Oh, you said it right. You said Fajardo. It right. Yeah. All right, Fajardo, Puerto Rico. Tell us about growing up in Puerto Rico and soccer being probably the the number one sport, and what made you or where you found the love for basketball at? Man, to be honest with you, baseball. Baseball, you know, it's baseball, baseball, know you know, that. for us, yeah. you know, since you're a kid, you, yeah. you know, you grew up like playing the game and, you know, being in the park and basketball, you know, came up by my dad was a huge fanatic of the game. And he used to take uh, myself and my twin brother every afternoon just to teach us the game. And that's how I fell in love with it. You know, uh, do a lot of people like when you were in your career, they know you had a twin brother. Uh. I didn't when know I that grew up, we yes, played I mean, because we did everything together. But yeah. once I got to college and everything, like nobody, nobody knew, nobody knew. We did everything together, you know. Like we used to dress alike, you know, twins. You know? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you're a kid, your mom dressed you alike and everything. So we did everything, you know, training, you know, camps, everything, yeah. practices, everything. Did your pop used to hoop? Nah, my dad's a lawyer. So he just, which he's... is funny, you know, because. <laughs> A lot of people ask me the same thing, you know, your dad used to play or something. Nah, he, I guess he, he lived through us, you know yeah. what I'm saying? We played together until we were like a pros, like, you know, in Puerto Rico, you turn pro when you're like early, yeah. you're like 15, 16 years old. Damn. And uh, so we played together and he stopped playing, my brother stopped playing. Yeah. But my dad, he's, my dad, he's still a lawyer, you know, he still practices his so, every so, day being a lawyer and, and doing his thing, but he, was ne he never played professional. Okay. He lived through us. He just hooped around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with baseball being like the number one sport, and how was it like early on trying to get everybody to hoop or the hoopers? And I mean, I guess you you play in the streets, you know. That's mm -hmm. how I learned how to play. Uh, mm -hmm. 
my dad, when he was teaching me the game, he was more of a structured type of basketball, you know, just learning the foundation and how to be disciplined, how to play the right way. Uh, I kind of learned my, you know, my freedom and the way I played on the court, on the streets. That's yeah. what I was about to say. So, yeah. so. Every time I did a behind-the-back pass, pass or something in front of my dad, he, he would question it, you know. He <laughs> yeah. would tell me, no, nah, that's not how you do the way you play basketball, this yeah. and that. And friends of mine would tell I'm going to tell your dad, you you know, throw behind-the-back passes. <laughs> but uh, that's how I fell in love with the game. Yeah. Just, did you just, just see get that, to like, when you would be, like, in the street balls playing or did you watch any players I love on street TV? Ball. Uh, I love street ball, man. I think that's that's the art. When you find your, yeah. your true self or what type of player you, you really are, it's just – Finding that creativity within yourself, you know what I'm saying, and and I love playing street. I love, you know, my first gig with a shoe company was with N1 mm-hmm. yeah. when they first started to come up. So I was happy, I was excited. I, was say, I, used, to, I used to follow that tour. You yeah, know what like I'm saying? I used to. I when I was younger, I watched all the N1, yeah, <laughs> all, all the convert, I like all the commercials. I even had the little VCR tapes, yeah. watching how they used to go through the players like Skip to My Lou, Black Widow, and all them. And I used to try to imitate some of the moves that I feel fit with my Yeah, that my was game. back in our day. When yeah. That yeah, that was back in our day. Like, they, was the, they was the thing back yeah. in our day. Yeah. We almost signed the N1. Really? Yeah. Like, we both got the N1 tattoo. Really? That's crazy. <laughs> on the arm. They inspired a whole the generation. Yeah, they, they, they definitely so. did. The swag of your game, who's the one that stuck out the most that you was like, that's me and that's who I want to be like? Man, I used to watch a lot of magic, a lot of, you know, Isaiah, mm-hmm. those were the guys that you know I try to emulate because of my position. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was MJ, the dude, but mm-hmm. but those guys playing my position, I used to you know try to dribble like Isaiah and try to pass like Magic. Yeah, and you get a little bit of different players here and there, and then you know Jason came about White Chocolate. Yeah, and it was like I want to be him, right. <laughs> you know, straight up. So I you know shout out to all of them. I I really admire all their games, and once you get into the league, you're picking. A little bit from each player, yeah, you know, that you yeah. that you respect and try to emulate, and it's just you know growing in the game, I guess, you know. Yeah. But and then you add your little sauce to it too, you Definitely know. Do. I remember mm-hmm. I had a game in uh, in Memphis, and uh, I did a couple of plays in the first half, and and Bonzi Wells he. He approaches me at half court. He's like, yo, young fella, where you from? I'm like, from Puerto Rico. He's like, you got that salsa in your game. <laughs> you know? yeah. I was like, yeah, I guess, you know. But um, you, you try to just, you know, put your own cre- creativity uh, within your game and, and um, find your, you know, your way of, of playing. When did it click for you where you felt like, oh, this is, this is it. This is what I want to be and this is – I'm starting to get a little more recognition – and a lot of people starting uh, to know my name about who? I will tell you, man, playing for the national team, mm-hmm. playing for Puerto Rico, it really opened the doors for me, but it allowed me to play my game. You yeah. know? At what age did you first start being a part of the, uh, the national team? Um, when I was, I think it was 21, when I got into the league, I first tried to make the national team and, and I, I got cut. I didn't make the team. Yeah. But, you know, just playing with the national team, it allowed me to just just be myself. Yeah. You know, in the league, I never felt comfortable, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I saw it as a business, you know. I saw it as, you know, a place where I could make a lot of money and it was my dream to be a part of the NBA, and I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. But I never felt comfortable. Yeah. I never felt like I could, the coach would be like, yo, play your game, you know. Yeah. And I always felt like you had to, you know, play almost perfect to just continue to be on the court, you yeah. know. I wasn't drafted. I wasn't... You, you know, a franchise free. player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. but you know, the flexibility with allowing me to play my game, it came about uh, in 
spurts throughout the season. You know, in yeah. Orlando when I got there, yeah. I earned my minutes and I was I had more freedom to play a little bit. But but I never felt comfortable. How was it? Tell us the process of you playing in high school in Puerto Rico and you making the transition to come to the United States and leave your twin brother, yeah, leave yeah. your family behind to pursue a dream yeah. that you have. It was tough, man. Back then, I mean, I can sound old, but there was no internet or nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And when I was in high school, I was set on the NBA. Yeah. You know, since I was a kid, it's like I want to make it to the NBA, man. I want to make it to the NBA. And I told my dad, you know, if I stay here, nobody's gonna come recruit me. Mm -hmm. So he uh, he got in contact with some coaches from that he knew from a high school in Georgia, a small town in Georgia. So I made the contact, and you know, I came to visit the school. We decided that I was going to leave with my twin brother. We went and visited the school in the summer. He didn't like it. He went for a week and he went back home. <laughs> and I told him, I'm staying. Yeah. He didn't like it. You know, you have to adapt to a different culture, different food, yeah. different people that you don't know, the language. Right. Yeah. So it was a transition for me. But I left because I, I was set on the, in the NBA. You know, I wanted to make it to the, to the league and I knew that by me playing in high school, I was going to be seen by all these colleges and they were going to have interest if I was be doing well so and it went well i started playing and i started getting letters and letters from you know all college universities when, and stuff when you first got there did you speak fluent english like you nah, said your brother man. so nah, like you, like i mean i still struggle you know <laughs> i still struggle <laughs> is your but, twin the oldest uh by a minute yeah by a minute. so he, he considered himself the older yeah, brother yeah, right always. so <laughs> how how was that like like that's a y'all only know each other yeah. like for him to come somewhere and be like yeah i'm out and you I decide set, to stay man. i know I that's set, like man <laughs> I, I don't know if back then he probably had a girlfriend you know what i'm saying like, yeah and he probably went back to his girl or something but i had a girl too like i say that because it, it didn't matter like yeah the situation i was set that you, you know on it. i wanted to make it and i knew my path was was that one you know mm -hmm. i had to and I was thinking already ahead, like if I go here and I play and I do well, colleges and, and everything that I thought since I was a kid, it was happening like step yeah. by step. Did you expect the average thirty and ten though? At all, <laughs> at all. As a Did junior too, like at all, like um, yeah, that could that could like, be. You, you know, feel I feel like the work you put in, it paid. It helped me out for sure, for sure. It helped yeah. me. But, but the people know, in Georgia, like. Who is this little Puerto Rican? Yeah, little kid Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah. Come from like getting thirty and ten. Probably, probably. And saucing up. Probably, yeah, <laughs> saucing them up, man. Probably, but you know, I didn't know what to expect. To be honest with you, all I knew is I wanted to make it to the league. You know, I say mm -hmm. that in all honesty. And I started getting letters, and I remember I had a little uh, shoebox that I used to put all my letters in under the mm -hmm. bed. I used to pray, you know, grabbing that shoebox, thinking about you know all my dreams and. It went well, man. It went well that year, and I got a lot of attention. My senior year, I decided to go back to Puerto Rico and, and graduate with my class. And I had some teams that continued to follow. That was the year that my dad wanted me to turn pro in the league. Mm -hmm. And I started playing pro when I was 16, and some teams continued to recruit me. And, and I decided to you know, go to Florida International here in Miami. It was close to home. The coach you know, was going to give me an opportunity to run the team, so I felt that was the best opportunity for me. Did Florida feel, I know it's not Puerto Rico, but did it give you a, a lightweight yeah, yeah. feel of like yeah, it's, yeah. it's home? Yeah, for sure. Just because of the culture, the food. Yeah, I was feel tropical around here. Yeah, you know? yeah, you feel like you're in PR, you feel like you're in Dominican, Miami, yeah, Columbia, yeah, Edward, yeah. yeah. So, the food, you can run yeah, into the food, exactly, you eat all kinds exactly. of foods and, so, and all that stuff. The language too, everybody yeah. speaks Spanish over here. Yeah, there's no one language, Everyone. I'm trying to learn, I'm forcing my kid, yeah, you gotta get that. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Could it have been anybody else but Florida International? Did somebody almost get you? Man, that- New Mexico State. You know, for some people, these schools might not mean anything. To me, it meant a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not the Dukes, North Carolina, but I was a kid coming from an island with no opportunities. You right. see what I'm saying? Man. So for me, you know, having a school offer me a scholarship, it was like, all right, I'm going to take this and I'm going to make it the best opportunity possible. It's on me now. Yeah. You know, I wasn't expecting to get recruited by UNC or Arizona, or none of yeah. these schools, you know. But uh, New Mexico State, they went to recruit me. <laughs> Uh, they went to Puerto Rico and met with me after a game with my family, and we're sitting out in the in our house, and he's about to show us a videotape, highlights of the school and stuff. So he puts a tape in, the scout, I don't remember his name, it was a, probably a coach, puts a tape in, we watching the, the video highlights, and all of a sudden we look to the side, and the motherfuckers fell asleep. He like, yeah. Like, coach sleep? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dead asleep. He dead asleep. And we all like not trying to wake him up. We're not trying to make noise. You know? <laughs> oh, and my, my dad looks at me and said, we're not going with this yeah. dude. Yeah. We're going somewhere else. Oh, shit fired his ass. Did y'all tell somebody? I told him yeah. his ass. Hell up, bro. Y'all gonna do that. Like, we know for sure we're not going to Me- you know, Mexico State. So Talk about sleeping on the job. Yeah. So, But that was part of the process, though. I'm never going to forget that. Getting in college and you you seeing uh now you taking another level up of competition. <laughs> How was it for you to play in college now and, and see the competition and and see that oh I can get some success on this level? That transition as far as on the court, you know, it was smooth because back then remember I turned pro when I was 16, so I was playing against guys that are already pros and mm-hmm. you know and some NBA Brown dudes men. were playing Puerto Rico as well, so. I always had that that bar of like you know yeah, the upper testing hand myself on, yeah. every every summer and playing in PR and playing with grown men. So every time I went back to playing in college, it was like if I could play with these dudes in the summer, you know what I'm saying? Like I supposed to be killing. Yeah. <laughs> so it allowed me to to gain confidence and, and you know believe in myself more and more. So that transition was kind of smooth for me. Did you know that you the all time leader still and points? Yeah, 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 I still know that I points know per that. game, minutes. And all of that yeah, FIU history. Yeah, 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 yeah man. I'm, I, was, I was blessed. I was blessed to, to be a part of that school, to have a scholarship and, and did the things that I did. I know that, you know, for sure it helped me big time to, to be the guy I am today and to have the career that I, I did have. So your senior year, did you feel like you did enough through college to get drafted? I thought I did, you know, but... I knew I was coming from a small school. You mm-hmm. know, I, I knew that you know getting drafted was going to be hard for me, but it was a challenge. You know, I, I I've been through it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've always been an underdog, you can say. Yeah. But I knew once I had, you know, that opportunity to go to camp, I was you know going to do my best just to take advantage of that opportunity. After going undrafted, did you go like to summer league with any teams? And then did you? Go? I went to. Uh, I got invited to Toronto. Okay. Yeah, that was my first team. You know, my agent calls me, tells me, you know, you're going to go to Toronto uh, vet camp. And at the time, they had 15 guaranteed contracts. So I was like, why am I going here? You know, mm-hmm. I have no chance of making the team. And um, I went over there. I remember Chris Childs was the, the point guard with Alvin as well. He was there. They got me through the whole thing, man. They were my vets, you can say. Oh, gee. Um, yeah. So they, they got me through the whole thing. And I felt more and more comfortable, you know, in that vet camp. But. I didn't know if I was going to make the team. Yeah. And after one practice, I was uh, I was at the hotel, and that's how I found out. There was a press conference. We were flipping through the, through the channels, and I found out, you know, they were having a press conference. 
and they said that they were gonna open a spot for for me to to make the team and stuff. That's how I found out. So how how was the that call was exciting, back home That's crazy. To, to the family? Like how was the call once they told you you was gonna be signed? Yeah, we and... we call collect. <laughs> we call collect from <laughs> Toronto. The collect yeah. Yeah. And uh, and it's international. From yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my family, you know, they were excited for me. They were proud. They started to my mom was crying. You know how it is. Yeah. Uh, you made it, but to me, I didn't make it. You know. Yeah. Just getting, getting started. You know, it's not about making it. It's just staying there. It was for me, but I was excited. Obviously, you think about all the, you know, opportunities you got through life and everything you went through just for that moment, and it's a blessing, you know, to be a part of that. What was it like? Like you, you played at that time. You played with half man, half amazing. When he was like, when he was on his real ascension to the like, out of this world, like what was it like seeing that? Especially in Toronto, because I feel like he, Air Canada and all that, he had a huge impact on that specific community. Man, his talent just in practices, he he would, at times he won't go as hard and it it looked like he was going at a hundred, you know? (laughs) Like, not only him, and then you know, Dale Curry was on that team. Yeah. Uh, Kimo Lyon was on that team. Yeah. Tony Davis, you know, I had a, I had a a great group. You had um, Oak on that team too, right? Uh, no, Oak wasn't on Oak that team. No, okay. no, but it's, little Steph was on that team too. Yeah. He would be after practice shooting with us and everything. That's so crazy. I was on the, a part of that team. So, but it was it was amazing to watch. You know, his talent is just pure, and um, you get to admire people that you see on TV all the time. You know, for me, you know. So it was a great experience. In that same season with the Raptors, what was it like when you, you know, you're a young guy, you're trying to get used to it, then you get, boom, you get traded in the middle of the season. Yeah. Tell I got what, waved. You got I waved? I got waved, yeah. A week before, a week before, remember, I was new to everything in the mm-hmm. league, you know, I didn't right. know how it worked. So a week before I got traded, uh, I asked Lenny Wilkins at the time, he was a coach, and I was like, coach, you know, it's a lot of trade rumors, can I talk to you in your office? So I go to his office, I'm like, coach, you know, I'm new to the league, I'm not playing a lot of minutes, what can I do to, you know, stay on the team? And I hear a lot of rumors of trades and stuff like that. He's like, Carlos, don't worry, you know, uh, rumors are a part of the NBA, you're going to hear that all the time. You're here for the, you know, for the long run, you're going to be here the rest of the year. I'm like, okay, cool, thank you, coach. Anything <laughs> I can do, man, I know I'm not playing, but practice, you know, I'm the first one, in the at, you know, the last one to leave, so... A day before my contract got guaranteed in January, he calls me into his office. I'm like, damn. So I go into his office. He's like, I know we spoke a week ago, you know, but we got <laughs> we gonna have it to let you go. It was all good just a week you know? ago. <laughs> it was all good. We're going to have to let you go. And I'm like, is anything I can, you, you want to say anything I can do to help? And I'm like, I couldn't speak because if I, you know, I had that little, they call yeah. it in Spanish, a taco. Yeah. A little taco here, you yeah, can't speak and you start crying. Yeah. <laughs> so I went into the locker room. I didn't know what to do with myself, Q. Like, I went to the locker room. I closed myself in one of the bathrooms and I put my legs up. I started crying so nobody would see that it was me. Yeah. And while the guys were upstairs practicing, I was like, I was there for a good 10 minutes. And then I couldn't say bye to nobody, yeah, you know, because yeah. everybody was upstairs. And I just picked up my things and just left. I thought the world was coming down, you know. Um, but that was my experience there in Toronto. And then I was a week, I came to Miami, and I was like a week without a job, you know, just my agent trying to find the right situation. And he got me a gig in Spain mm-hmm. for a month. I told him, I want to play. I just want to play. I go anywhere. He got me a gig in Spain for a month, and then towards the end of that month, 
he got me a 10-day contract with Denver. So I ended up in Denver around the, that date. You go to the Utah Jazz after Denver, after you spend that time in Denver. Jerry Sloan, like, he was like, tough. He, he different. <laughs> like, he, he different. Tough, like, he different. Like, Deshaun, tough. when we got drafted, Deshaun used to tell us, Deshaun Stevens used to tell yeah, us, like, I was, yeah. I was there with Deshaun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he used to be like, yeah, yeah he, he, you know, <laughs> he different. The every time you come down court, the, the guards got a cross. Like, <laughs> did you play with Jerry too? Oh, I remember. No, that. I had the guard. Oh, you had the no, guard. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I, I, I just memorized the plays that. and stuff like that. So I know I'm chasing AK-47 every time. Right, so right, I know, right. and he crossed every single time. Yeah. He don't even waste no time. But to be in there and you know to have guys like Carl Malone, uh, like you got John to play Stockton, with Mailman and yeah. Stock. And Stockton and to come and just see their system, just to see how they are winners and how they carry themselves and work. How was that for you, that Utah experience? Um, that transition is tough for any player because you go into a system where it's very structured and regardless of their record, the year before, and he is not going to change it for nobody. You yeah. know, and That's one of the things he tells you. I've been doing this for 20 years. He used to tell you, rest in peace, you know, Jerry. But he used to tell you, I don't care who you are. You're going to follow my system. This yeah. is how we've been running it, you know, and, and it was the automatics. You know, we had just one play that's called that automatic. Crazy. And it has so many variables. Like, it was crazy. It yeah. was now that you think about it and you look back and like, damn, those things worked, you know. And when you're so young, it's, it's hard, you know, to understand the discipline and everything. Like, he used to call timeout just so we put the string in our pants and inside of our pants mm -hmm. yeah. in the timeouts he wanted like the five here sitting here the three the two the one and the four like it mm, was crazy everything was structured you know so everything was so structured you know and aside from you know being on time he said if you you know he used to tell us if you're on time you're late you know and we used to sign like media day we used to sign balls like you know a little signature just to get through everything quick he said i don't want guys signing signature just to get through it make sure you put your name and last name, so kids uh, can like <laughs> it was like that, you know. Uh, shirts had to be tucked in, you know. It was just, it was an army, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and uh, but with reason, you know, he was always successful, and um, he's a legend in this game, and and we had to respect it, you yeah. know. Um, some guys, like I said, some guys, it, it's not for everyone, you know. Yeah. That that system wasn't for everyone, and Stockton and Malone, you know, they they were there for so long, and. You get there and you see that they're following suit, and you have to follow suit, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but it was a, it was a great experience for me. It, it helped me a lot, and uh, I grew. You know, at the at the time I was so young, I didn't really understand it. Mm -hmm. But me looking back now, like it allowed me to grow. You know, with discipline and understanding a lot of things. Could you believe that you was like like what was it like the first time you in the locker room getting ready for the game, and it's like mailman and Stockton is over there. Dog, I come from an island. You know, right. understand? That's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, every, when I got to the league, I was like, you know, everything. But yeah. I, I have to snap out of it because I have to prove to you that I I'm here for you a reason, here. Yeah. and I belong here. So, every time I was on a new team or my first year in the NBA, like my first year, it was like snap out of it. You know, yeah. these are guys that I played against MJ. You know, come on, right. we all watch MJ. You know, yeah, I mean, it was Wizards MJ, but it was MJ. Nah, it's still know? MJ. I don't care. Like <laughs> he still was glowing. When right, we and I can imagine you guys. You guys. Nah, you know, my rookie year, bro. So, the first time I played against Pip. Pip was uh, he was was he in Houston or nah, Portland? He's in Portland. He's in Portland. Psh, bro, I was out there just like, 
Yeah. Like every time I typed in, everything was like a moment. <laughs> it was yeah. like, hold up, bro. You you tripping everything at the moment. You just lean on them on the free throw line. They got to shoot. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm like tripping. Like, yeah, yo, yeah. this tip. It was like, like, it was like that for me, especially Stockton. You know, I used to watch Stockton all the time. Stockton was very quiet. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, I was gonna say because we yeah. never heard Stockton. Talk. And Mark, Mark was the backup. Mark Jackson. Mark mm-hmm. Jackson. So yeah. I was, I was behind. You know. Stockton and, and Mark, you know, the one and two in the history of the man <laughs> and assist, you know, right. so I was like learning every day. Like yeah. Just try to absorb the way they see the court, the way they carry themselves. That helped me a lot. I still stay in touch with Carl, too. That was that was my guy, Carl Malone. Yeah. Yeah, he took OG. care of me, man. What was the biggest thing you learned from Stockton? Because I know he people don't rarely see him talk, so His patience, they don't man. talk about him all the time. But when I first seen Stockton, I didn't realize he was that big. I was like, yeah, like hiding, like his his legs was like, like like his his legs was like tree stump. And I was like, I thought you was way more small and skinnier than looking on TV. But when you get in the game, you were like, man, he... I'm like six three, like, like on you, boy. he, he set some screens yeah. on you, Jack. He'll make you think it was illegal. Yeah, but it was a damn screen. It was a good screen, but it was great, man. Like I said, you know, he was very quiet, but when he spoke, you listened. You know what I'm saying? And he was just very determined in doing things right. His patience, his poise on the floor, you know, the way he saw the game. He he would, you would never see him rattle. You know, and I guess it was a part of the culture and. That fitted his game too, you know, yeah. with with Hornacek. They all were like kind of like the same, you know. Yeah. And it's part of you know everything Jerry did to just build a culture and have those guys follow suit and and play the way they played and they were so successful doing it, you know. When you start getting playing time, like assistant playing time, how was that for you in that system? Like you, um, he believed in you to yeah. To do my what you second to do. year, I think it was my second year at Utah. Uh, Mark had just, he went to another team and Stockton had uh, retired. And my second year doing training camp, you know, going through training camp and I had gotten invited to go to the White House for some honoring stuff for the Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. So I had to meet with him to tell him, look, I got invited for this, I would love to go. He's like, well, that um, doesn't sit well with me because, you know, you're practicing so well and I was gonna start you but since you have to go to the White House, go ahead and go. He was straight up like that. And I said, no, no, but I can cancel. I don't have to go. I want to start. Like, <laughs> And he was like, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. When you come back, you'll have a starting job. Mm-hmm. That's how I found out I was going to you know, play a lot of minutes and be a starter and everything. But it was big shoes to fill. I was about to yeah. say, how did that feel you know knowing that you're going to be no, the I was guy nervous. I was nervous, dog. stepping in after the legendary John Stockton, you the next you know, starter. Yeah, because yeah. I went from, you know, not playing a lot in, in Toronto, being waived. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Denver, got waived, you know, and played wor- uh, good in the World Cup that summer in mm-hmm. Indiana. And then I got, a ch- I got a call from Utah to go and be a part of that team. I knew I wasn't going to play because it was Stockton and Mark. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was going to be another year of me learning and, and mm-hmm. you know, playing the minutes, if anything. And then that year, I was going to start and play. So it was, I had a lot of pressure on me, you know, yeah. especially, you know, after Stockton leaving, you know, everybody's, okay, so who's the next one? You're the guy. Yeah. Right. So, and my first game, I might have been Portland. You, no, I don't think it was you guys. Mm-hmm. I think it was Portland. I know we used to play y'all. It seemed like we played y'all all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was against Portland, and, and I had a great great first game, and we won too. So just to start the season like that, it just gave me confidence and allowed them to see somebody in me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So, yeah, but it was a lot of pressure, bro. Within the league and the fraternity of the league, mm -hmm. we know as players that, you know, you play Puerto Rico, you play with the national team. Like, some guys that seem to, you know, regular NBA fans who don't really know everything, you know, some of you guys may seem like they, oh, they average players or whatever, but then y'all get to y'all national team <laughs> and it's like, like you say, you get your comfort, right. you know, your coach letting you do you yeah. and then like, talk about that difference and that feeling when you like, it's kind of like you restricted in a way. Yeah, you yeah. playing in these restricted confines, then you get to go over here. Talk about yeah. the difference and how good that freedom feels when you get to go play with the national team. Well, I think your role changes, you know what I'm saying? Especially like I mentioned, you're not drafted, you're not a franchise player, so you have to understand your role when, you, when you're in an NBA team. And then when you're, you're blessed to play for a national team, like some of us, you know, your role changes. You're now the guy. The, mm -hmm. the team is counting on you for points, assists, and lead the team. So, and I felt more comfortable when I went to Puerto Rico. And every time I wore my jersey, aside from just playing with pride and representing your people, mm -hmm. it's just a, it's a place where I felt like I could be myself, you know, mm -hmm. uh, with no restrictions, like you say. And I knew the skies was the limit. And it was also a team where I could show the NBA what I could do. You right. see what I'm saying? So, um, I try to take advantage of that every time I had the opportunity to represent Puerto Rico. I had all those things in mind, you know. I got to prove to the NBA why I'm worthy of more minutes. Mm -hmm. I have to prove to the fans that I'm, you know, I'm. It's an honor to represent Puerto Rico, and also I wanted the doors to open for me worldwide with other things. So it's just a comfort level too, you know, as a player. Yeah. You know where you're at, you know your role, and and it shows when you play. Tell us about the summer when y'all played USA. Y'all beat USA. Like, I I remember, like, if I walked outside, it felt like I heard Puerto Rico still <laughs> screaming for you. But just tell how your country and just every how everything changed after that summer for you. Man, it was beautiful, man. <laughs> it was beautiful. You know, it was crazy. It was the first game for us at the Olympics. Yeah. And we, we thought we were going to win the Olympics. Yeah. Beat USA, shit. We, nobody has a chance with us. But the next day, you know, Slovenia just brought us to reality, you know. Yeah. Um, it was amazing, man. It opened the doors for me with, you know, sponsorships in Puerto Rico and, yeah. and elsewhere. And it just allowed all of us to to grow from there and, and be recognized, you know, to be able to do it at that stage. It yeah. was it's just a truly an honor. To this day, people celebrate that day like it's a birthday. Yeah. You know, and it's truly an anniversary for us. You know what I'm saying? Beating the U.S., in the Olympics and being one of the best, uh, the first ones to do it. How many times uh, have yeah. you signed that photo man. where you like this or been <laughs> you know, talked to lot, about man. that moment or just like, man. how much pride do you take in that? That's like a national treasure over yeah, there, that man. picture, And that I moment. meant no disrespect, you know, because when I, when I did it, the, the camera catches me like in the last moment because I went all around like, yeah. you know, it was a moment of pride, you know, and the camera catches me like me, like fronting to yeah. be Wade. And it wasn't really the action that, you know, and I was yeah. what I was trying to uh, show at that moment. It was just a moment of pride. And it's, you know, it's a picture that lives forever, you know. Yeah. And I'm in the social study books for kids in Puerto Rico. You yeah, know, I was like, I'm crazy. signing a book. You know, so I feel blessed, man. I, I was truly surprised by how much impact that photo yeah. had. Man. It's not too many players that I'd be happy to get down on the USA, but I was genuinely, <laughs> like, really happy for you because I know you're a good guy, man. Thank you you, you man. worked so hard. You came from so much just to have that moment. I yeah. just know that was just real, real big for you and yeah. your country and your family and, yeah, you know, what you are today, you know. Thank you, man. Thank you.
Hey, tell me I, I need to get some inside because this dude was, he don't even know it, but he was my nemesis. You got to give me some AK-47 stories, man. Oh. I feel like he don't get the proper love, oh. the respect that he did, like, in the, you know what I'm saying? Just like when we talk about people, you don't really hear, like, dog, this dude was a, he was a problem at 6'9", two ways. Fast. Fast, being, but, like, Smart defensively, he, he was, like, my, him and Tayshaun <laughs> was my hardest matchup for my career because they linked. Yeah. Like, you know, and, I and get me, physical, but, like, and me too. he was, that was light work. But, yeah, because of their length and like I couldn't really do the physical stuff because they had take that. But yeah. then once they do this, it was like just tell me about what it was like when you watching him in practice and just watching how yeah. like how he worked. You know, the year he made uh, the All Star team, that was the year I played a lot of minutes with him. That was the year I started. Um, AK was a great, great teammate, man. He was just very unorthodox in his game too, you know. But he could pass the ball. He understood the game. We had a story um, after a game, and coach was on him about some turnovers he did during the game, some flashy plays and stuff. <laughs> and he said, he said back to coach, he said, 47. And coach is like, what, what, son? I said, 47. He said, what the hell did that mean? He said, I played 47 minutes for you, one for the fans. So I'm going <laughs> to do all I want to do is for that minute, I'm going to go flashy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So he said 47, 47, he talked about his number because he was like, right. AK-47. And that's what he told him. He said, I played 47 minutes for you, one for the fans. Mm, that's a bar. Yeah, that's I, he I, told Jerry Sloan that. Yeah, that's a Jerry, bar. That's Jerry know how to get back at him. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cold, though, you know, to yeah, tell Jerry that. AK-47. Yeah, so, and it made sense, too, you know. So give me my minute, dog. Yeah, Let me I'm get this one minute up out you, dog. Yep. Go crazy in this one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he played too. If you go back to see his highlights, he always oh, he was a good passer, yeah. man. Yeah. He was under he did every what I remember, nah, he, he played D, he can shoot, he can dribble, he can yep. pass, he cut, he can screen good. He never stopped moving. He was Man, the one. That used to piss me off so bad. I used to be so pissed that this boy crossed under the goal every single time. Like, man, I'm on defense on and I want him to take gone. a break. <laughs> like, and he yeah. used to. I'm talking about hit that hit that sideline and go all the way. I used to be pissed about that. Used to practice I used to try to take shortcuts and he would backdoor me because I'm taking yep. shortcuts. Yep. He was just a mug. Yeah. How much better did you feel that you was once you left? Utah from that system and the IQ, the things you learned over them years. Like, how much better did you thought you think you was, and coming back to go to Detroit? You don't know how much you've grown until you start playing the season. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And then you know you feel like, okay, I feel more and more comfortable. You know how it is. You start a season and then you don't feel comfortable until like the second month, yeah, or third month. But I felt good as far as mentally. I knew you know I was ready. Like I said, after that first game, it gave me more confidence to continue to build on that. And I never felt comfortable as far as like, this is my job. You know, I knew yeah. every practice, every shoot around, I had to show coach that, you know, I was ready, he can count on me and and then build on that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And Utah helped me a lot. Utah gave me patience on the floor, it allowed me to see the game differently. Mm -hmm. You know, Mark Jackson, he, that was my guy. Yeah. You know, and he, you know, after every, I could have gotten two minutes on the floor. And you know how vets are. You know, yo, young fella, two minutes, come on, you got to pay attention. You got to mm -hmm. do this right. You can't miss on these assignments, this and that. So Mark was always there for me. Mm -hmm. And then once I got to, I got traded to, to Detroit, man. Those guys were amazing. Man, that was probably the best team I've, I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Bro. Uh, you know, Chauncey, 
uh, Rip, you know, Rasheed, Ben, all those guys, man. You know, Tayshawn. It was just a great, great team to be a part of, man. They, Their chemistry was just – I mean, you could see it when they played, you, you know. They were, They were there for each other, you know. They made no excuses. Nobody cared who got the credit for what. I just wanted to – You know, and – and just, you know, Larry on top of it, and a great coach, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, uh, being, being on that team. So, and then Joe Dumars, too, running the show. So, you got to uh, give me a funny she story. That's our big oh, man, dog. He's so he, you know, it's, it's limitless. <laughs> Rashi Wallace, funny she, story. Man, he got, <laughs> she got me so drunk one time. <laughs> and uh, at his crib on New Year's, New Year's Eve, we had a, a party at his house, man. Shout out to She, man. But I vomit throughout his whole like from oh. the living room all the way to my car, man. <laughs> and everybody was there, like the coaches. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but Mac Dice was on that team too. Mac Dice, shout out to Mac Dice, yeah, man. Nice. That's my guy. But uh, it was just overall, it, it was a great year. Um, I learned a lot from those guys. I still talk to a lot of them. Yeah. And um, it's. One of the best teams I was a part of, man. How did Sloan prepare you for Larry Brown? Because them were two old school historic coaches. I feel like all my fame. coaches were old school. It made, man. It, I'm about to say, he it had, made he Larry had a Brown. gambit of all OGs. Because like a lot of guys come to Larry Brown, like... and Larry Brown, the way he, your, your practice might feel slow. You might feel like you're not moving enough. You're standing and listening to Larry Brown talk right. a lot. Right, right. How did that, how did, how was it easier to adjust to Larry leaving Sloan? Because now you know the it was old never easier. Stuff. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> damn sure. Um, you know, coaches, you know, old school coaches, they have their own ways, and each coach, you know, they have own their own way of you know creating their culture and and way of structuring their teams and stuff, and how they get practice and how they prepare for games and stuff. And you try to learn and you know be patient in the process too. But Larry was very demanding too. Mm-hmm. Not with his discipline, because I think Jay was a little bit more disciplined in all those things that I told you guys. Yeah. But I think Larry was very demanding on the court, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, I, got, I used to get a lot, you know, I used to get frustrated a lot. So it took me a while just kind of like, you know, to, to learn. And, you know, he wanted me to play like Chauncey played at times. He, yeah. he wanted me to play like, you know, I played in the Olympics. You know, he wanted me to play it this way. So I was very... At times, I was confused, confused to how yeah. he yeah. wanted me to be out there on the court. But you, know, I tr- you try to make the best out of it. But, you know, those coaches are just demanding, you know? Yeah. Tell me this. How was it, like, to be a part of a team going all the way to the finals and playing Losing. seven Losing games, game seven. though? Game, like, that's going as the complete total as far as you could yeah. go in a season. Like, how was that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Getting to that great, point man. and, like, Experiencing that, being a part of that pressure, the arenas and everything. Just talk about that 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 whole playoff ride. It was great. Uh, it was a team that they were supposed to be there again. They had one at the year before, so there was a lot of expectations, um, and the guys knew it too. I mean, when you were a part of that team, you knew like every night there's gonna be a W. You know that level of confidence, um, and you know playing in the finals, as you know, like. A lot of media from all over the world, you know. Yeah. When you know that, you feel that pressure, you know, from the fans and just the moment you're in. Um, I was I was blessed to to have told you all these stories to where I came from and everything, and just just to, to be, be at that point, yeah. you know, in the finals was was great, man. Then you get traded to the Magic Orlando with yeah. you and Darko again midway through the season. You gotta tell me this: How did you deal with that? 
Because I feel like that's one of the one of the most unfortunate things that can happen to somebody getting traded yeah, in yeah. mid-season. I, I think getting traded, uh, if you have a family and your kids are set <laughs> in school and all that, you know. Uh, the worst. That's the worst, you know. And I had recently bought a house in, in Utah when I got traded, like three weeks before I got traded. And I mm. done the basement and everything, you know, so it was tough. Uh, but just getting traded, I was... I wasn't happy, but I understood back, you know, then the business. But I was going into a situation in Orlando where I was looking forward to it because yeah. every time I played in Orlando, you know, this Hispanic community, the Puerto yeah. Rican community would come out, support, and show their flags. And, you know, I always felt the love in Orlando. So I was, you know, I was intrigued by, by that love. You know what I'm saying? What would it be if I ever played for, for the Magic? So when that happened, I was kind of like happy I would be close to home, to Miami. Mm -hmm. And then I was in a situation where I was going to play minutes mm -hmm. um, and, you know, play in front of the Puerto Rican crowd. So that was a good situation for me when I got there. I was I hated to leave Detroit because, you know, those were my guys. But I was excited uh, for what Orlando um, City for beautiful. What was to come. Which is it? City uh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How was it? Uh, what was your first impression of seeing a young Dwight Howard? He was a beast. <laughs> he was a beast. Dwight is my guy, you know. And back then, I think he was very misunderstood, you yeah. know. Uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, he, Dwight, you know Dwight. He's playful, you know. Yeah. And he might have been immature, but he was just trying to find a way that he can still love the game and not see it as a business. Mm -hmm. And it, it was very misunderstood, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So now he can look back and say I should have done this different I should have like all of us yeah, you know what I'm saying <laughs> especially with uh, with you know his nutrition and everything that he's changed so and back then he was diesel and he was athletic and yeah. you know the way he was probably eating it didn't stop him it from crazy, what he was doing bro. on the that court that boy eat four Big Macs like, like for real <laughs> right bro. so how he could have taken his nutrition like serious if it was yeah. it was working for him you know what I'm saying so I love Dwight, man. Yeah. Dwight's one of the best centers to ever play the game, and, and we guy. have to see it like that. You know, people, people have to show him love. Stan Van Gundy. You have any Stan Van Gundy? <laughs> what Stan was just a yeller, man. No, no. Stan was just a we yeller, don't man. Win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Stan, bro. Yeah. He's very. Uh, that's my a student, guy right you there. know, uh, determined to to do things right. You know, he was very passionate about the game, and mm -hmm. he's a great coach, great yeah. coach, man. He will prepare you for a game, and um, and you know, I had great experience with Stan, man. What was it like going to Israel and playing? Like after you had you had a little stint out there, oh wait, oh nine. Yeah, that I didn't know what to expect to be honest. I mean, I follow Euroleague because a lot of players internationally, you know, when you play yeah. for national team, you try to like follow their careers and stuff, but I didn't know what to expect from Israel. Uh, I had a one-year deal offer from Phoenix uh, that summer, and that team in Israel was offering me like a three-, four-year deal, and it was good money for me. So, you know, we were in the Bahamas, my wife and I, and I was like, babe, I think we're going to Israel. He's like, Israel? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, they play ball over there. <laughs> but I, we started getting on Google, trying to see, find out. You know, I knew about the team. I followed the team. But, you know, I didn't know about the city. Uh, you say Israel, people think that people over there in camels and stuff, you know, yeah. back then. But but it was a great experience, man. Uh, shout out to Maccabi, man. They they treated me with love uh, from day one, you know, and gave me an opportunity to play the game at a high level. And from the moment I landed over there. So, but it was it was hard, man, to leave the league, you know. But I was 
back then I was at the stage where I wanted to play more and kind of like showcase what I can really do, you know? And uh, that last year in Orlando, I wasn't playing a lot and and stuff. And so I needed that change in my career. Mm -hmm. Tell us the process of when you found out you was finna go to Miami next after leaving Israel or they gave you the call. How how did that go? Yeah, I was Hmm. I was uh, I was here in Miami actually. I was playing pickup uh, on the streets actually. I was playing. It was like I think it was like eleven at night, and I was playing like uh, three on threes close to the house with some dudes. They were like fifty year old dudes. I was I just wanted to hoop. Yeah, I'm like that. Like if if I feel like tonight, like if I want to go hoop, I'll drive around to see if I see somebody at a park playing, and I'll (laughs) get down and I'll play with them. That's I've always been like that since I was a kid because I just love hooping. And back then, when I got the call, I was I was doing lines after we play, had played three on three, and my phone rang, and it was Pat, Pat mm-hmm. Riley, and he was calling me and say, "Would you like to be a part of our team?" Blah blah blah, and they'll pick you up tomorrow at six a.m. Then you know, do a physical, blah blah blah, and um, and I was excited. I hung up. I called my agent, and 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 that was that. But did you believe Pat Riley? Did you believe at first it was Pat Riley on the phone? Ah, uh, because his voice, yeah. I, it just yeah. sounded like it. It <laughs> yeah. sounded like it was about business. Yeah, it was a Godfather, <laughs> you know. Play, you know? know? <laughs> but you know, when I when I got to Miami, I get there and they put me in the shot. Like I put my stuff. Like I'm walking through the training or whatever, and I put my bags in the locker. Yeah. And uh, the equipment manager's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Put them on. It's an open locker here." So no, no, no. You're in the showers. Like, what? No, you're in the showers. So they put all my stuff. You remember with the little. Yeah. And uh, I was like, he's like, no, nah, you're in the showers until you make the team. At the count. <laughs> I was like, so he's back to square one, huh? <laughs> so, I mean, I kind of took it personal at the beginning, but I understood. You know what I'm saying? That's how they run it here. Yeah. So that first week was tough because I knew I was kind of like in a tryout. Yeah. How funny was it when you saw the knee pads on your locker? Knee pads, everything. Like, <laughs> Cause yo, like you be trying body, to tell, cause body you fat be like, and weight every you, week. You see the knee pads. I, my first thing, when that first day I came in, you know, you see the stuff on the thing. I came in and did like this, bro. <laughs> Let me show you what I did. <laughs> knee pads sitting. I was like, oh. Grabbed them like, nope. <laughs> nope. None of that ain't for me. I'm like, I'm cool. I'm like, no, nah, I don't yeah. wear knee pads. They were like, no, no, no. They came right back like. You got to wear this. <laughs> they were like, pick one. You have to wear one. You don't have a choice. I was like, fuck you. I'm like, fuck yeah, you, man. They're like, no, no, no. We're not having people miss games because you yeah, bump knees in practice or something like that. I was stuff, like. Which makes sense. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's a practice. But I had never practiced or played in yeah. knee pads. We was yeah. out there like Magic and Kareem and Elijah Wan with double knee pads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. How was the culture like in, in, in Miami? Like how. Like you'd have been through, you went through Jerry Sloan, you yeah. went through Larry Brown, and now you over there with Pat Riley. And your that first has year a, was my first, my, well, my only year. That was yeah. your first year. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. how was that? Like realizing the Heat culture, because I know you hear about it. We all hear about it around the league, like how the Miami Heat, how they practice, how they in the best shape, and all this. That stuff. conditioning test, boy. <laughs> I, I don't know if they still doing like, it, but that conditioning test. That wall test. You used to tell me about it. I'm like, bro, we seen yeah. Q. I was like, hold up, bro. We need to check you or something. You lost that much weight in that much time? Yeah. But see, by the time Cookies <laughs> got there, I had already did it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, by the time he get, got there, because I was yeah. there the whole summer. They was, yeah. goddamn, Bill was killing me. And by the time the team started, because, like, d Wright, D-Way, none of them wasn't there. Like, yeah. UD and James Jones lived here, so they was the only two there that I saw regularly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But nobody else, yeah. like, the whole team came in and, like, I, you know what I'm saying? D-Way looking at me crazy. D-Way yeah. like, boy, what the hell? And UD, you know, UD, UD, like, 
They do everything but the kitchen sink. Y'all. Like, <laughs> you know how you be they, they tried, my boy. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a culture that, you know, shout out to the Heat, man. They've been successful for a reason. You know, um, they'll keep you in check. And it forces you to stay in shape in the summer. You know what I'm saying? It, you're not the type of player that is going to come to training camp out of shape. You know, uh, you got to stay in shape, in shape throughout the summer so that you can, you know, start training camp in, in a good way. And a lot of those guys that, you know, were there before us, again, it's all about culture. You follow suit when you're a new guy and you're mm-hmm. coming into a new situation, mm-hmm. and, yep. you know, and no excuses. You have to see Brian go through this conditioning test like, like nothing, like nothing, bro. It, like, how um, was that, the, how the team was this team and then – Oh, it just was 360. You, 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 you was one of the, one of the holdovers. We, yeah, this yeah. championship or nothing. The Beatles. The, <laughs> the Beatles. Yeah, the yeah. Heatles. The Heatles, man. Everywhere we went, it was crazy. Man, they, they bought into it, you know, from the jump. They, they bought into you just, you know, being there for each other, doing it for each other. And it was it was beautiful to watch, you know, just uh, the leadership that they all had, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to, you know, push this team to, to where it got to. And, you know, Brian was – very vocal. He's always been very vocal. You yeah. know, a national team too. When I played against him, he's he's always he always try to be that guy that you know makes make sure everybody's, you know, uh, sharp and ready to go. Together, yeah. Be. And D Wade was you know his own type of leader. You know, he had his own way of, of leading. So, but it, it was it was beautiful, man. Um, shout out to those guys. You know, they were great teammates and. Um, Shout out to their careers too, man. They had beautiful careers. Tell me this, because I always I've told D this before, and you could speak to this because you were a guy that was on the team the year before and the next year once LeBron got there. How, from your perspective, how proud and like how did you take it watching D Wade go from one year rivaling like me and yeah. you rivals? I'm we equals, and I'm out dueling you some games and vice versa. But then now. He opened the door, he gave him the keys to his house, knowing what's going to come with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Knowing that this is LeBron, it's King James, and all that's going to come. You putting your kingdom yeah. in jeopardy by welcoming right. this dude, right? So how did you see that from the inside, you know what I'm saying, the locker room and everything, when when D-Wade take that step back and say, dog, you know what I'm saying? Like, how was that from y'all from a team perspective I in think the locker room? It, it says a lot, you know, about D-Wade, you yeah. know, and he was all about winning. He's been a winner throughout his life, and but it said a lot about him, you know. Like you said, to to go from being the man to kind of like sharing that throne uh, says a lot about a player, especially at the point in their careers where they were. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? They were the man in his team and all stars, and and we saw the battles. Right. Exactly. So he bought into it from the jump, like I said, you know. And you know, Chris was more quiet. You know, yeah. he was a quiet guy and he uh, all star. He's always been a great player but you know he was that piece that they needed too mm-hmm. uh, nice. but you know um, and I think it had a lot has to do with the culture that the team has too you know what I'm saying they put the team first it's all about winning it's all about all of us and and it worked out perfectly so how proud were you to see JJ Burrell have the type of playoffs he had and the type of impact he had in the finals for them to win Miami the championship too. yeah <laughs> Man, <laughs> JJ, man, he's he's done well for himself. You know, I think he was, you know, from the beginning because of his size. A lot of people kind of like looked him off, and you know, he's he's always played with a lot of heart. You know, uh, and you know, like myself, you know, representing Puerto Rico in, in anything you do was is something that we take to heart. You know, and 
uh, watching him, you know, be a part of those finals, it was beautiful. You know, not because he was going against Miami, but because, you know, rep representing Puerto Rico and being one of the first from, ones to do it. And, and I seen his transition. I knew Jason since he was a kid, you know, yeah. in Puerto Rico. Just That's what I say. Like, how much pride do you take in that? Because, like, what you and your teammates did at Olympics kind of, like, sparked your country. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's in school books, social studies. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. And then to see... You know that he's a kid that directly saw yeah. everything that y'all were doing, and now he's coming up and making his own way. Like, what type of pride are you taking? In man, it's, it's beautiful, man. I think um, just like, you know, and I say this humbling, you know, I think just like I had my opportunity to inspire generations and, and kids wanting to play the sport and, and work in their game, I think he had that same moment when he won the finals with Dallas, you know, and he's aware of that and, you know, with, through his foundation. He does a lot of work in Puerto Rico with, you know, mm -hmm. his camps and helping schools and stuff like that. So he's done a tremendous job to continue to inspire, you know, our next generation of now players. Now you got Grand Theft Alvarado. Yeah, we got Jose now. We got a, Jose uh, out there. You know, pushing him to do well for himself. And, you know, he's going through it. This is, what, third, second, third year. So I have a great relationship with Jose. We, we speak weekly about, you know, stay in touch. He plays for our national team as well, so I want him to do well, man. He's contract year for him, so yeah, I'm pulling for him, man. It's got to be the year. But, uh, you have another career now. You're, you're an artist now. Man. Right. <laughs> hey, listen, we saw glimpses of this on the bus. We saw glimpses of this on the bus now. <laughs> you know, you know. I feel like sports and entertainment, sports and music is, yeah, is really kind of hand in hand. hand. Uh, what made you pursue the music? What made you have the confidence? Because, you know, it takes a lot of confidence yeah. to be able to, you know, put your music out and want people to embrace it. What made you pursue music and have the confidence um, to do music? At the time, you know, once I retired, uh, I knew I had the time, you know, to be in a studio for hours and produce, you know, a song and being, you know, um, okay with it, you know, because you, you can be in the studio and, and, and you know, Put together three songs and you might not like all three of them to be the one that you want to release so yeah. but it takes a lot of hours um i had a, a vision of you know uh putting together like a you know a couple of singles with top artists from puerto rico mm -hmm. uh because of the relationship that i had with them and everything so um i wanted to sign with a label and be able to you know put out singles and stuff and it worked out you know but confidence i don't know man uh, you know, I, I never got on stage to be able to perform these okay. these songs that I did, but it was a deal that I had with the label. Yeah, almost yeah. five million views, though. Yeah, so you know, I was excited. It was something that I always wanted to do. I was very passionate about it, and and it opened doors for me too, man. Yeah, uh, you know, I did a movie as well uh, because of the music yeah. that opened the doors for me as well. So, but it was a, it was a time that you know I had the time to do it, and and I was passionate, extremely passionate about putting out songs and stuff. How was it to see the reception you got? Like how people embraced your music and showed love and people viewed your music. How was that for you? It was different. It was different because I didn't expect, you know, to have all those views. And obviously I was, you know, featuring with top artists. So I knew the following was going to be good, but the feedback was great, man. It gave me confidence to continue to put out songs and stuff like that and, and working to other things. But it was it was great. It was great just to have the support. Obviously, you have people that's like, I can't see Los in, in that light of being an artist. <laughs> right. You know, uh, 
but it's something that I enjoy doing, you know? Yeah. My kids, though, my kids didn't want me to do it. They were like, well, come on, Dad, like, turn that off, you know? They hip with them. Yeah, that's how it is with kids, That's how it is with our kids. My homeboy Gamby from Puerto Rico. I don't know if you know Gamby. He's an artist. Maybe I'm going to have to hook you up with him. But, okay. Uh, he's from Puerto Rico, big time. Shout out to Gamby. I got to yeah. shout out my boy, man. <laughs> hey, how did you end up coming up with your basketball academy? Man, try to motivate my kid, man. <laughs> try to motivate my kid. I got three kids. My two daughters are like stud volleyball players. Okay. One of them, uh, she's playing her freshman year in Dayton University. Okay. Uh, and uh, my second one, she's on the way, man. She's still 12, but she's on the way. And, man, just trying to motivate my son, man. Yeah. You know, uh, I've never been the one to push him, you know, because I don't want him to relate the sport with me, telling him, you got to do yeah, this, you got to yeah, do that. Yeah. He's still young. I figured if I open an academy, you know, I can teach and at the same time motivate him to play the game. How old is he? Ten. Ten. Well, that hasn't helped at all. What, 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 what are you passionate about? He, he found a passion yet? Man. Or he all over the place like it? He all over the place, <laughs> yeah. man. You know, and my wife, she's very determined as far as, you know, our kids are going to do sports. And no matter what it is, you pick a sport. Oh, you're gonna the wife is saying Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that, me too. You know, I want them to do sports, but my girls are settled in, in volleyball. You know, they're settled. But my, my boy, he, he's on everything. Yeah. Baseball, like now he's in Taekwondo and playing basketball for the school. But, huh. you know, and everything, I tell him, you have to train. If you want to be able to shoot and have the, your teammates pass you the ball, they got to trust that you can dribble yeah. when they pass you the ball. So all those things, I'm on top of that. But I'm never the one to be like, hey, you got to do this, you know. But, um, yeah, that, that came about because I wanted to inspire him a little bit, you know. You got to start, bench, or trade. And since you were an one guy, Skip to my Lou, AO, and hot sauce. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start Skip. Skip's a legend, bro. Yeah. Yeah, he legend. He's smart as hell, man. <laughs> he would be a great coach. I'm gonna bench um, hot, and I'm gonna have to trade AO, man. Uh-huh. Mm. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Hey, tell me this. That's I need. Oh, I got another one. <laughs> uh, oh, he on the road. CP, Dame Lillard, and Kyrie Irving. Who do you start bench trade? Damn. <laughs> For what though? What we playing? <laughs> no, just start bench trade. You either gonna start one, you gonna bench one, you gonna trade one. I don't trade none of them. Damn, I don't wanna trade or bench none of them. Uh, I'm gonna start C. I'm gonna start. Damn. Hold on. I'm gonna start CP. That's tough. You know what? Damn, I don't know, bro. That's a good one. Because I should start Damien. Mm. All in their primes, though. The best of the best version of them. Oh, man. I don't know, bro. I don't know how to answer that, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't That's know how to answer that. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. What was, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> you try to get out of there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, nah, I want to know, you know, you come from a small town, you know, Puerto Rico, humble beginnings. I want to know when Cookies got the bag, 
when you got a little change in your pocket. Not, not you know, I see the bling, the bling blouse. That's a nice size diamond, so you did this before. I ain't talking about what you did for mom and dad taking care of. I'm talking about what did Cookies do when he took care of himself. So I'm about to oh, treat man. myself one time. Like when you spent the bag, the first time you went out and said, I'm about to spend some money I ain't never spent before because I got a little bit now. And what was the first special uh, thing you did for you? Um, what was it? I think it was a house. I think it was the house. You bought the house. Yeah. The first big purchase we did was was the house. Yeah. Uh, make sure, you know, I had a place, uh, you know, I can call home and here in Miami. And back then it wasn't as expensive as it is now. So I got lucky. But right. it, was, it was the house. Yep. The house for sure. If you had four other teammates out of all the teammates you had in the NBA and you had to pick four. Man, you going to ask me that in front of you? <laughs> and, 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 I ain't included. I'm never included. Hey, well, no, nah, because this, you got to have a dope squad. I'll leak you ass out too. But, <laughs> but don't worry. You, you, you play with a lot of great players. If you had to pick four other players to play with you to make your, your five to go against anybody, Damn. who would be the four other players out of you? Yeah, some legends, yeah I, got some, I got some legends, bro. <laughs> Damn. So, of course, you at the one, so two, three, four, five. I got to, dang, hold on. That's tough, bro. I got to put D-Wade, damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to put Shaq at the five. Mm-hmm. At the four. Damn, I got to put KG. Ooh. He might have one. And Braun at the three. Damn. Um, Damn, it, it that was, might be. Hold on, hold on, hold on, man. Let me go back at my four. I mean, I don't know. Y'all might be. Y'all might disagree with me, but I have the mailman. Yeah, mailman the four. You got Bosh. Oh, right, KG, four. one of them too. I'm talking about oh, your teammates. You play Ooh, with Aaron, he, you play with all now? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I played in Boston. My last That's year was crazy. Boston. Yeah. <laughs> he got he might have the sickest one. So say that again. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> he said D Way, LeBron, KG, and Shaq. KG. What the fuck? Dang. <laughs> and I, I'm leaving some names out too. Yeah. Dang. You that's, that's, that's serious. All right, man, that's a wrap live from here in Miami. We had to come down here to get in touch with the Puerto Rican guy. My <laughs> man, Loso Cookies. Hey, he started that thing. This is for Puerto Rico today, Straight baby. Up. Let's get it. Appreciate you, man. I want to thank y'all for your continued support of the Knuckleheads Podcast. Be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also watch all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast. And join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. theplayerstribute.com.